0: episode 46 of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson. With me today is my only famous friend. You know her as (laughs) All Elite Tiffany. How are you doing today, Tiffany?
1: I am great. How are you?
0: Just fine. Uh, Just... uh, Excited about the football game tomorrow. For all of you that don't know or don't care, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, my favorite football team, and Tiffany's local team, I guess, will be your favorite too by kind of default, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, kind of by default. I got to root for the home team, and my workplace sponsors them, so I kind of need to root for them.
0: Yes, our team plays tomorrow in this little game, also the most watched television show in the world. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. It's like places that don't watch football all year watch the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs play San Francisco. Uh, As with football, I am very, very nervous about the game, mostly because I have no control or effect. I'll wear lucky shirts and lucky things. But just I know I don't really believe in superstition. It's all just ways to make myself feel in control of something that I have absolutely no control over so I am really excited about the game tomorrow but I'm also as we get closer and closer I get more nervous and nervous nervous sir or nervous sir I don't know what it is more nervous more, more nervous I think More <laughs> nervous. so yeah that'll happen tomorrow I know this shows about all things elite but it's kind of the biggest thing in the world going on right now so there you go well, I want to start the show before we get started by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop or mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. And I've added this part to the beginning of the show because I'm so bad about remembering it. I just want you to make sure you're downloading this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. You can download all things Elite on its own or you can uh, download the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can get all the shows on the network including One Nation Radio and Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, please leave rating and reviews on all shows. If you're so inclined, leave a donation through our new podcast provider, Red Circle. Uh, they're only going to be new for so much more longer, but they're new for now. So uh, you can go click on the donate link if you want to send it. Anything that you donate will go to making the show better. Uh, that's that's the purpose of it. Uh, and then please support us by following uh, the show's count at Elite. Pod, so it's at at Elite Pod. Then there's uh, our podcast network at Social Suplex. Then it's uh, then you can uh, follow um, Amy's account at Phoenix in 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 JPW. Tiffany's account at All Elite Tiffany. And then if you so inclined, which you know honestly probably shouldn't because all I talk about is football on that account, but at Floyd Johnson Jr. if you are so inclined. Also with Tiffany on here, uh, she is updating at least once a week on her YouTube page, Heart of the Elite. There is uh, a a review of this week's Dynamite Up that she posted yesterday, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah, that is correct. So make sure you're following all those all the links are in the show notes, including the link to uh Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. All right. Thank so you for the shout out. You're you are welcome. I do I'll do it every week. We got to I know, you're doing, the best. We gotta keep those gotta keep those people flowing, you know. Uh big news <laughs> Big news of the week. I I don't know if there was any huge news this week. Was there any huge news this week? I was hard had a hard time coming up with like the biggest news of the week this week.
1: Um, not really this week. I don't think they really dropped anything. Like as far as company wise, no, nothing, nothing too major.
0: Yeah, continued ratings dominance would be the thing that uh yeah the, the best. Uh, they keep winning, and it's 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 you know and you know. It's like when NXT wins or whatever, it's like, oh, NXT one, NXT one, NXT one you know, when AEWs wins, it's like you know you're competing against the third show. Hey, we didn't yeah. make, we yeah. didn't, we didn't make this a competition. They're the ones that uh aggressively brought their channel brought their show to Wednesday nights to compete, you know, and losing.
1: Yeah, on, on actual TV versus the network, absolutely. Yeah,
0: losing repeatedly. So it's 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 fun. It's fun. Like I said, I always retweet the post, but we don't break down the numbers anymore because it's just like it's staying the same thing every week. AEW won and they won in every demo except 50-plus. <coughs> it's consistently. It's, that's what's been happening consistently, so.
1: Yeah, and I don't really like to worry too much about the numbers. I just like to look and see that AEW is being consistent or, you know, they're doing doing well. Um, the fact that they're weaning the so-called war is always a bonus. But at the end of the day, I'm just more concerned with AEW's success overall, no matter what they're up against. So, so for me yeah I'm just happy to see the consistency if not going up in ratings and the interest clearly there which is really really awesome.
0: The clear you know there's a clear growth and it's just uh uh you know the, the clear growth that you know AEW that's all I worry about. I want the number to keep getting higher just because I want people to keep seeing it. You know, I was at uh, a high school reunion last night. And, you know, what the first thing someone says to me is like, yeah, I used to record all the wrestling. Now I only record AEW because the WWE is not worth watching anymore. And they said that to me. Nothing. I, like, I was like, hi, you know, I'm pretty clear on my interest on Facebook. Kansas City Chiefs, Florida State Seminoles, and professional wrestling. Everyone knows that about me. A lot of people said, Floyd, you're the same person that you were when you were 12 years old. So when they meet me. (laughs) I get
1: that, too, because we're twins. (laughs) Yes.
0: So when they see me, that's the thing they brought up. And that's what he brought up, AEW. And I was like, and we got to talking about it. I was like, man, so who you like and all that stuff. And, like, this is a person. Un, you know, I did not go up to them to talk about AEW, you know. we, You know, you're at a reunion, you do the, hey, how's life kind of thing. And the first thing they bring up was wrestling and AEW. And I'm like, <coughs> that's, to me, is showing growth, you know, that it's like, okay. More people are knowing who it is, and that's what matters to me. I was like, I would like Definitely. AE- AEW to grow on and be their own thing. I mean, one day, you know, I hope the comparison stops. And people just realize it's like Coke and Pepsi. People don't sit there and talk about, you know, Coke and Pepsi anymore. You know, they just like. Right.
1: It's just, yeah, know. they just both exist and you like what you like. Yeah. So. You
0: like what you like. People don't like, man, I don't, I don't, you know, it's just one of the things. And this is like, I just want people just to just accept AEW as the alternative brand and you like it or you don't. And I don't, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't have to bring up one or the other. You can talk about one without bringing up the other because they're not connected. And yeah. I think that's slowly starting to happen, which is great. Because, um, yeah, I notice conversations more and more because no matter where I go, I have something AEW on, um, whether it's a shirt or a hoodie or whatever, I try to always represent in some way because I like hearing those conversations happen if I get complimented on it, and that makes me very happy just that knowing that, it's recognized, and I haven't had too many people, I mean, every now and then, you'll have someone who will mention kind of what Floyd's, that, uh, as far as, man, that's a cool hoodie, you know, I've been watching AEW, man, WB just doesn't do it for me anymore, which, again, their whole point was to be an alternative, so that's the point, but it's, uh, it's not being brought up in a way, you know, it's, it seems to be getting more and more where people just want to talk about AEW as its own thing, and that's awesome, and I get it a lot more, I notice, as I, like, you know, just go out in public in my AEW merch, um, just, you know, more and more, whether I'm at the gym, whatever, someone's complimenting it and knowing what it is. And that's so great. Like that's exactly what we need to be happening. So that's just absolutely awesome. So it's cool to see that obviously it's happening with Floyd. I think it's happening with a lot of us because if I tweet that it happens, people usually reply and say, Hey, I had that happen too at the, this place and someone saw my AEW shirt and made, made a mention of it or whatever. So, that's just exactly what should be happening, which is great.
0: I lean into the war thing. That's a, that's a thing I do because I, we grew up knowing the first war. And the first war, is what I don't remember, and you can tell me if you remember differently, is uh, I don't remember people picking WWE or WCW. I just remember everyone talking about everything that happened on both. Um, I don't remember the yeah, lines I- being so clear.
1: I think I just simply blamed that on the fact that the internet wasn't so prevalent at the time. There would have definitely been a big war if they had the internet to to bring up. So that's just a a blessing in disguise, maybe, that they didn't have that. But I think if the internet existed in the way it does now back then, then I think it would have happened.
0: Yeah, uh, I just remember Tuesday mornings. uh, I remember Tuesday mornings, every Tuesday morning, being really tired. Because I would watch WWE, and then I would watch the replay of Nitro. So I'd be up till one o'clock in the morning, and I had to get up at six for school. So yeah, like, I did the
1: same thing. Except I always chose Nitro over WWE.
0: Oh, okay, okay. I always.
1: I, was,
0: <laughs> I mean, Sean Sean was on WWE, and I—I I mean, I'm a crazy Sean guy. I'm like
1: <laughs>
0: crazy Sean Michaels. Shawn Michaels, like, he, like when I grew up and found out, you know, he was like horrible to people. It was like, oh my god. It 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 hurt my soul because I was such a Sean. Like, <laughs> like my first AOL name was HBK, like HBK. <laughs> yeah, it was like, that was like my first AOL name because I was just like such a Shawn Michaels fan back in the day. So, so yeah, so it was that. And then I loved, of course, Sting. And I was, so WCW Sting was. was my guy, yes. <laughs> so, so WCW was next. So yeah, it was like, so yeah. And then, of course, Arn was WCW, so...
1: (laughs) Of course.
0: Yeah, but it was easier because WWE didn't do a replay. And, And it wasn't like me picking one over the other. WCW did a replay. WWE didn't. So... Yeah,
1: it just made life easy.
0: Yeah, it was like, okay. As soon as WWE was over, WCW's replay had started. So, I would just stay up and watch it. So... (laughs) Excuse me, Uh, I had a a little bit of a cold this week, so I will be trying to mute when I have to cough, but I cannot say that's going to happen every time. Apologies in advance. So the first thing we're going to look at is, of course, you watched Being Elite this week? Of course. Yeah, all right. It was the morning after. And really, this episode, and honestly, I can honestly say, the theme of this kind of show is, and I, it'll be a lot point that I really go to during the Dynamite because I saw one of the coolest things ever It's kind of the rise of the hangman because I don't know if it was a change in uh strategy or if this was playing form going forward but they are killing it with him right now.
1: Absolutely, Absolutely
0: killing it with him. And it's just like the star that he was, like, a year ago, he was kind of presented as the star of AEW, and it's like, now it looks like he's starting to become a star, you know, which is pretty freaking awesome. So, on this episode, it's the morning after. You get Hangman, he wakes up, you know, looks like he was in a drunken stupor, for a hangover, and the uh, <laughs> light was in his eye, and what it was, it was the reflection of the belt, uh, that uh, they had won the tag team championships the night before, uh, you know, you weren't all Nick's last week. And I know people if you're not listening to Heart of the Elite, what were your overall thoughts of Hangman and Kenny winning the tag notes?
1: I was shocked. Not gonna lie, I was. I mean, I was happy about it, but genuinely shocked. I did not think they were going to get the titles. Was not expecting to see a title change. So. Um, I thought, you know, the match was great, but the, uh, I was, like I said, I was absolutely shocked. At it. it was even the next day, I think I made my, I don't know, whenever I made my video for Heart of the Elite um, and I was talking about it, I was like, when I started talking about it again, I was like, wow, Hangman and Kenny are tag team champions. We had the first, you know, title change in AEW. And I did not think that it was going to happen um, just you know, out of the blue, which I love that it did. So it it was shocking, and I thought it was great. It obviously really connects the story with Hangman and the Elite and the segments we've been getting with, you know, Hangman and Kenny and the Bucks and Kenny kind of stuck in the middle have just been phenomenal. So I I was happy. I was shocked more than anything, and really, really excited to see what we are building towards here for them. So...
0: Yeah, you know, with me as, uh, you know, as huge fan of the tag team division as I have, I am, and all the, you know, the actual tag teams, I think they have three of the top five tag teams in the world, seriously, including Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, Proud and Powerful, three of the best five tag teams overall in the world. You would think one of them would be the next tag team champions, and, you know, just, you know, using normal wrestling logic. And the fact that AEW went against the grain and went with, you know, Hangman and Kenny, two people that they were pushing as their top single stars as the tag champs. Yeah, like I said, it was just a, a screwball. And it wasn't it, – uh, not really screwball. It, it was uh, very much, you know, a misdirect. And, you know, when it comes down to it, what AEW is trying to – represented which is what i love is that traditional wrestling booking is not there you don't know what how what their style of storytelling is and you shouldn't just assume that you do because believe me i was like okay it's on scu they're the, they're the, uh, they're uh their face tag team it's going to proud and powerful mix that's what i thought and it was just like i love when i'm wrong I've, it, it's one of the weird things, and people think I do it as a cop-out. But it's not. It's not. I like wrestling when it surprises me, when it's unexpected. So whenever I come up with, like, this big, long prediction of what I think is going to happen and then I'm wrong, I actually like it because
1: Absolutely. You,
0: you have turned my mind. You like, And sometimes what they do is way better than what I was hoping for. So it's just like, I didn't even know I wanted that. So I just, I, I love that in this situation, but uh, we do. Yeah. And
1: I want to branch off on that real quick. Um, I think what you said about AEW's booking um, being kind of unpredictable. And I like that because I think it's kind of refreshing to know that moving forward in a match, you know, you may have two people in a match who are not necessarily heel and face and you're going to get a great match and you know it could be for a title and you may you may see a title change it doesn't have to be that just um kind of i don't even know the word but just that typical of you know you're not going to you know you're going to get a good guy and a bad guy in any in any match especially a title match and i think it's refreshing because it just makes it that much more unpredictable like Floyd said, and nothing's better than when you watch wrestling and you're genuinely surprised because when you're a fan for as long as we've been fans, a lot of times, even if you still love it, it doesn't have those moments where you're surprised. So to know that we can expect kind of more, you know, unpredictable booking uh, on the shows and matches and who the opponents are, to me is just So great. So I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. In normal, in normal from what I've, I've known from normal wrestling companies, if they would have booked Cody versus Jericho and they added that stipulation that he would never get a title shot again, that's almost guaranteeing you Cody's going to win. Yep. It's like in the NWA thing, NWA just to use an example, not saying good or bad either way, Marty scrolls wrestling all this for the title. And if Marty Squirrel loses, he has to pay for all he has to refund all the tickets in the building. everybody's ticket g- gets refunded if uh, uh if squirrel loses pretty much squirrel's gonna win that title. You know what I mean
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just the way it is. It's just traditional wrestling booking it's a great it's a great gimmick, and honestly, if I didn't have so much planned and going on. You know, I would be that would sell me on that show because I'm either going to get a title change or I'm getting my money back. You know, I'm down yeah. with either one of those things, you know, so it it, it was a great gimmick. So I don't know. But I'm just saying, but traditional wrestling bucket <coughs> excuse me, they're throwing some of those rules out of the window. So. Uh, oh, so the rest of the show, just to run through it real quick. They show the Bucks throwing MJF in the water. MJF can't swim, um, and that was funny. Uh, they show highlights from the Jericho cruise. They all look like they were having an amazing time. I can't wait to be on there next year for it. Saw my boy Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias. I just love that uh, he's such a huge wrestling fan that just does everything for me. He's such He's a funny dude, and he's a huge wrestling fan. Uh, then, yeah, I guess they were having some Hibachi. They went through everything. And then you see hangman get up. He, uh, he has a drink. Uh, Oh no, no. I forgot one part. Uh, it looks like someone got a letter that. Once you join the dark order, you cannot leave. And so that is, uh, yeah. And, in uh, you had evil Uno standing outside hangman then wakes up it looks like he has a drink and then he does a meet and greet with a fan that he does not look super excited to see which is <laughs> it, it, I, I don't know it's funny because everybody's like on this whole hangman's going hill thing i was like i don't know if they're gonna go full hill with him i think he's gonna yeah, find I his don't know. middle ground you know what i mean He's, well,
1: because he's getting cheered because the things he's doing on Dynamite with the beer and people are, hey, man, drink my beer. Like, you can't be a full keel if you're doing that because yeah. you're interacting with the fans and they're here for it. So that automatically makes it uh, kind of an in-between sort of uh, place for him, which I think is perfect for him.
0: Yeah, it's like I don't think they're going to go, oh, the fans hate me, that, you know, try to make me hate the fans type things. I think it's just going to be. I think it's they're going to find a good in middle ground there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Again, I don't know what they're going to do because it's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to that going forward. Uh, then we had AEW Road to Cleveland. Uh, this seemed to focus a lot on private party. I don't know, and you can tell me this, you might know better than I do, it looks like they used a lot. They reused a lot of stuff from that earlier one where they were in, uh, re, the, introducing them.
1: Yeah, I think they did too. Which it was way back over the summer, so I was okay with it just because there's probably a ton of new fans who didn't watch that. Yeah, but I did feel like some of the footage was um, recycled, um, and they probably just wanted to put out. Something and didn't have too much to do, so they figured since they were in the main event, they would go ahead and do that. And I still really enjoyed it because I love their story and just they're just so likable. So I think it made sense to do it because that was, like I said, pretty much well over the summer, I believe, when they put that out there, or at least it felt like it was a while ago. So with a lot of people jumping on the fan base and maybe didn't see that, Um, I think it was it worked. But yeah, it did feel a little bit. Uh, it was definitely heavily surrounded around that, and I do think some of that we saw already. But that was, you know, I was okay with
0: it. Yeah, and thing is, I don't, I don't know how big he'll ever get. But Kit Sabian's like, he, the camera finds him. You know what I mean? He has this energy mm-hmm. and this charisma about him. I can see why they signed him. That was another thing that was focused on his Kip's match against Kobe. He just has this way of talking, and I was like. You know, he reminds me of just like they you know, like the cocky gimmick. He reminds me of a Shawn Michaels, uh, a young Shawn Michaels with the character, uh, especially when he you know when he went heel initially and went with Sensational Sherry. He reminds me of that. I'm like the in ring work, you know, will come or go. I'm not going to compare that to Shawn Michaels, but the character is very he's very the very scummy character, and I like it.
1: Yeah, he has a ton of potential. He just looks like a star. He's attractive, and I think he's super talented. So I think the more time he has to develop, I think he's going to be pretty huge in AEW. I mean, you think, um, like, Sammy Guevara and Darby, I kind of picture them in the same boat of, like, people who they just have had a little bit more consistency in who they are on the show, so they're already bigger stars. And Kip kind of had to find his way a bit, uh, starting off sort of just as, you know, a good guy, but the heel turn, I think, was exactly what he needed, and he wrestled Cody on Dynamite, so there, that puts him on the map pretty big. And, yeah, I think he, he's got this kind of, you know, what he's got going on with Janela, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but, yeah, I think he has a star written all over him, and he he just has the look and definitely the confidence, the charisma, and, yeah, he's definitely, definitely going to be a star, I have no doubt.
0: Well, uh, the end of the show was the best part to me it was Randy in Atlanta behavioral center and she's apparently having a conversation with a therapist you then and she realizes she comes to the conclusion that absolutely nothing's wrong with her and you find out she wasn't actually talking to a therapist she was talking to a doll and I don't what was this about in your opinion
1: um I, I I don't know as far as what it was about I just know I enjoyed it I thought it was great um, anytime I can see something with Brandy I'm happy and uh, shout out to teal for being the role of the psychologist I was I thought that was fantastic I was like hey I know her um, but yeah she I thought it was really just an interesting fun you know just more character development for brandy Um. I I don't know what's going on with uh, the Nightmare Collective. I'm a little nervous because I don't don't want it to end, so I couldn't quite get the... I don't know how I feel as far as where it's going in story, so I'm a little bit... I was kind of like watching it and, you know, they referenced that the head being hit hit in the head um, during the match, you know, when when she was out there with Cody, so that kind of made me nervous because I actually like... like, I absolutely love the Nightmare Collective. I want to see more from it. I don't want to see it be like it was a temporary thing because Brandy had a head injury and and that. So I didn't know, like, even though at the end I was re- kind of refreshed when she was talking to the doll, like, hey, okay, there's still something going on here. But personally, I, I felt more nervous than anything because I didn't want it to be like the beginning of the end of the Nightmare Collective because I truly think that while there's, a, you know, some fans who really hate it, I think that, People are slowly getting more on board if they just keep continuing, like, with the, you know, the just segments where they build it, kind of like the Dark Order, just get, pay some more attention to it in little details and build it up and stuff like that. I, I definitely think it has potential, and I want to see Brandy do her own thing in AW. so I hope that it was more furthering the nightmare collective story not trying to find a way to end it so i guess that's where my kind of worry is even though i enjoyed it my bigger worry is what you know what was the end game here is this kind of trying to you know like i said cure brandy clearly she did she wasn't even talking to a person so there's more story to be told but when they referenced her getting hit in the head which was never ever brought up um it kind of made me worry that they were like kind of finding a way to get out of this which i don't i'm not I'm not really a fan of I want to see more of the Nightmare Collective.
0: Okay. I, you know, and it's funny because I find myself defending the Nightmare Collective quite often uh, with my other wrestling friends. The reason and my biggest thing is this. Let's say you you hate the Nightmare Collective, right? It's fourth, maybe fifth biggest storyline on the show, right? Maybe. I mean, so it's like a very first hour lower card storyline. How long does it get a show? Maybe 10 minutes when it's on? It's right. not even on every week, right? But
1: people, No, definitely not on every week.
0: Yeah, people obsess over it like it's <laughs> They do. It's ridiculous. Like it's the AEW's main storyline. And it's like they have Several more storylines more convincing than this show. I actually heard someone compare it to Baron Corman and Roman Reigns. And I was like <laughs> wow. I was like, that's absolutely effing ridiculous. Baron Corman and Roman Reigns starts the show and it ends the show. It is generally at least fifteen minutes of the show, probably closer to thirty minutes of a two hour show.
1: Yeah, it's the main focus, it's and the Nightmare the, Collective it's the, is just a small part of
0: the puzzle. Yes. Yeah, you think about it. You got Jericho and Moxley. You got Cody and MJF. You got, now you got kind of Kenny Omega, uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman kind of against the Young Bucks, or kind of against the whole tag team division. You have Joey Janela and Kip Sabian. You have all these different storylines that honestly get more attention than the Nightmare Collective. But people seem to be focused on a fifth storyline down the the area uh, or down the card. And it's like its closest comparison in the WWE is probably the 24-7 title because it's not focused on, you know, it's like, why does this bother you so much that you don't understand this minor storyline that's, obviously a slow burn this is a slow developing storyline why do you need to know all the answers right now i don't get it
1: yeah i don't either i think it's it kind of reminds me of one of the questions we got on our Q and A, where the person's like okay i have dark order and i have this what two small things uh i can't find a reason to like aw and i'm like well clearly you're not trying like that's kind of how i feel like if the nightmare collective is ruining aw for you for whatever reason, if you don't like it, you're you're trying not to like it and focusing on the one thing you really don't like. Which, again, I think it actually has a lot of potential. And I, it, it's such a small part of a bigger picture that it, it if it's ruining the whole thing for you, I, I don't know what to tell you. You just don't want to like things. Yeah, because, <laughs> you really don't know like what to I say. say.
0: Yeah, it's a two-hour show, right? And it's probably closer mm-hmm. to two hours than any other show because. The show does continue doing the commercials for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah, so it's two-hour show, and you're like, this small 10-minute section, I really hate. So you're saying you like the other...
1: 90% other, of it? Yes. <laughs> you know, pretty much?
0: Yeah. So I'm like...
1: Like, I think if you weigh it out...
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty good. And it's just like yeah. on any show. It's like if you're watching Raw... And I'm like, I've enjoyed Raw over the last like five to six months. I know you don't watch it you didn't really watch it anymore, but I've enjoyed Raw the five, six months. I like the way it's trending as far as the storyline. And I was like, Yeah, there's fifteen to twenty percent of Raw I don't like every week. But I acknowledge that there's eighty percent I like. As yeah, definitely to, as opposed to what, a year ago? It was like 80% I didn't like and 20% I liked, and I was wondering why am I watching this. I don't do that anymore, so I give the credit where credit's due. If you like 80% of a two-hour show that's, in essence, a variety show, you're you're doing pretty good, and I'm not trying to convince you that you like the show. If you don't like it, don't watch it. No skin off my back. You know what I mean? But if you're listening to this show, you're probably watching it. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm thinking there's a higher correlation between the guys, people that are finding a wrestling podcast and watching the product. I don't listen to New Japan shows and then watch not watch New Japan. That just makes no sense. So it's just so. If you're listening to this, you probably watch. Just understand, you know. If you get your friends out there and they're talking crap and they're like, "Oh, I hate the Nightmare Collective," remind them how small of a part. I think more of the Nightmare Collective story has been told. On social media channels than has been called on actual TV.
1: Yeah, which I mean might be hurting it, kind of like Dark Order. But at the end of the day, it's not. If your excuse for yeah. hating it is because of what they're doing on Dynamite, then it's pretty it's, much invalid. Yeah, because so. it's not
0: really on Dynamite. It's on the social media <laughs> channels, you know. And they'll do a clip <coughs> here and there, but it really doesn't dominate the show. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't understand. My biggest thing is I don't understand why it's such a area of contention. You don't like it? Cool. Fine. It's not really that big a part of the show. so
1: Yeah, for sure. Be, I nothing to be
0: agree. angry about. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> they move on really quickly. And it's like, I don't want them to get rid of it. I, I think it's interesting. I think you need the best words to say. You need kind of kooky storylines in wrestling. It's just like, I I do. I think you need stuff you don't understand. I think you need things at the lower, like the whole part of the show matters. You might not take the Nightmare Collective seriously, but they take themselves 100% seriously. And you know how many storylines that was the case for in wrestling in history? Just, It's like, yeah, you know, people take it seriously. You might not take the 24-7 title series, but it's the most important title in the world to our truth. you know? It's kooky. I'm just using this as an example because um, apparently the only other wrestling I watch really is WWE. Sorry. (laughs) It's true. It's the only other wrestling I watch. They put so many hours of TV on, I don't really have time to watch anything else. But, uh, yeah, so I watch AEW, WWE, New Japan, so... If I compare a lot, it'll be to one of those because that's what I watch. Uh, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Like I said, it was just really funny. I kept bringing it up. They are like, well, yeah, but... Like, but there's really no but. It's, it's a yeah, small... Yeah, there's not. People just want to hate it. It's a, it's a, it's a small storyline. So. There's no reason to hate it with such vitriol that you do. It's just... You know, like, it, it's nothing. It, it it uh I've heard Rich Latta say... That AEW's two hours of wrestling is like the most scrutinized two hours of wrestling ever. And it's so true. It is so true. If you don't like, if you say you don't like WWE, they will find one thing that AEW does to compete and say, well, that's just like this. And I'm like, N- not really, but okay, I get what you're doing. <laughs> you can't convince me to like something. Like I can't convince you to like AEW you Don't like it I'm not I'm not going to talk you into liking something. Have you ever heard of that happening to someone? Like I talked you into liking like, something.
1: No. It,
0: it, no. it, it doesn't happen. It is a no, thing. it doesn't yeah. happen. It's just
1: You might introduce me to something and then I choose to like, like it, it. But, it but it yeah, I mean you if you, you like something it. you like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just silly.
0: Yeah. All right, so AEW Dark episode seventeen. Uh, I thought this had one of the one of my favorite matches in the women's division. Um, Nyla. Me too. Nyla versus Shauna. Oh my God, that was this week, right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, I'm I'm very confused because on their shows it will <laughs> say episode seventeen, it, but then it'll give you the day it was taped.
1: So yeah, I wish they wouldn't do that. They need to put it the date that it airs because. Being taped whenever kind of is irrelevant, and it confuses me. So I, I think of the yes. same thing. I'm like, wait, wait, yeah. wait, am I right? watching the right one? Yes, I <laughs>
0: thought I skipped a week. I was like, was this last week or this was this week? Because, you know, uh, so this yeah. week, it was so hard-hitting. It was such a true grudge match. What did you think of it?
1: I loved it. Uh, I really liked Shanna. The minute that she debuted, I was like, I'm, I'm here for this. I like her. Um, I like her story. I think you're living under a rock if you don't know. I absolutely love Nyla. Like, she is one of my absolute favorite wrestlers. I got uh, on Twitter yesterday, I did one of those, like, asking my top three favorite things. And someone said, you know, wrestlers that aren't in the Rhodes family, because otherwise the answers are pretty obvious. Um, And Nyla was on that list because she's just awesome. And I think she is just beyond talented, not just in – wrestling but her character um I don't know if you guys saw uh on Dynamite I think it was during Dynamite they posted it on YouTube but if not she uh, had a Lexi Nair did a little interview with Nyla and she basically just said that everyone is on notice and she nailed it like her mic like mic works getting better I'm sure that's a credit to Dustin who is working with everybody as far as promo coach and things like that but the match itself on dark we'll stick to the what we're talking about it was like Floyd said, it was just hard hitting. These girls just went out there and like killed it. And there was no, uh, you know, you know, and this isn't like a knock to anyone, but sometimes when you get, uh, you know, a gimmick match like that, you know, with women, you know, it, it doesn't feel the same as when it's like two guys out there, but you have two ladies out there, you know, using the table and not afraid to use it and, so, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I truly enjoyed it. Um, I was really excited when they announced that we were getting the tables matched. I think it's kind of a cool thing for Nyla to kind of have that gimmick going on right now where she may or may not put you through a table. Um, it just adds to her being that beast and that dominant woman. So, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I was real, real happy with it.
0: Yeah, I just, like, I, I have this problem with grudge matches and angry matches that you they'll come people, like, any i think all companies are uh guilty of this they'll come out and they'll lock up and they'll like work, work chin locks and all that kind of stuff you know when you're angry i want to see a fight you know right that's what it and, should be yeah, yeah absolutely and it was a fight and it was just it was aggressive from the very beginning Sh- uh shanna's very talented I think she was wearing, like, a Goku, Goku get-up uh, from Dragon Ball Z. I heard that was really mm-hmm. over on Twitter. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know either, yeah. but
1: I saw the pictures. I was like, all right, we'll give her. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: apparently what she was wearing was very over, and that's good. Uh, because I want, you know, attention on the show, matter no matter what. But, yes, <coughs> they killed it. I thought they killed it. I, I did it. I've actually watched it twice because I thought it was one of the most, you know, you know, one of the better women's matches uh, they've had and then of course Nyla wins with the Nyla, Nyla wins by putting Shanna through the table and it was so good because they are they know what they want their Nyla to be. And it's very awesome when a wrestler has a clear direction. And in this case, she's a monster and she's going to destroy whatever is in front of her this week it happened to be Shanna. Shanna showed great resilience and it's like now it's like okay now it's time for you know nyla to she wins this feud in essence now it's time for her to move on so i am looking forward to that it was very very good it, i thought it was a very good match if if i have not made that very clear and then we had mm-hmm. Kip Sabian versus Q.T. Marshall. Q.T. Marshall, the the underrated star of you know, like AEW. It's just like the dude can wrestle, you know, dude. And 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 he did a great job making Kip Sabian look as great as possible in this match. And uh, I just I thought it was one of those matches where. Would I say it's the most memorable match ever? No. But it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to make Kip. Yeah, Sabian I completely look agree. Good. It was supposed to make Kip look good going into his Cody match, and it did. And QT is like Cody's friend, so it's kind of like he's always the guy people are trying to beat up before they fight Cody. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's, clear that that's i like the consistency of that and you know qt is a 15 year in-ring experience clearly he's a, he runs a training facility in atlanta so i mean he's he's good at what he does and you know he like you said the match you know no it wasn't as far as being memorable you know you're not it's not like your top 10 matches of the year but it was a good match and it did it like you said exactly what it was supposed to it got you kind of you know you, you watched kip out there looking awesome and like qt is super underrated, like, when, if you pay attention to him in the ring, it's always like, gosh, he's so good, but, but yeah, it did, it did exactly what it was supposed to do, and it put Kip, you know, over and made him, you know, seem more dominant, and he's super talented, so, yeah, absolutely moving into the match on Dynamite with Cody, it was exactly what was needed, so I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was real good, and it definitely did, did its job.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I am like i wouldn't tell anybody to go back and watch this match, but it was still, like, it did just because it wasn't like a, t- a 10 star classic doesn't mean it didn't tell the story that was needed. So, uh, absolutely. Then the last match, we had the Dark Order and what basically amounted to a handicap match, but it was Sonny Kiss and standing over in the corner was Brandon Cutler. Yeah, you know, on this that show,
1: that was hard to watch because I love
0: Sonny uh, on this show, you <laughs> know, on this show. On all things elite, we are all team sunny kiss. You don't come, yeah, sunny. So, no,
1: so yeah, that was not okay. <laughs> this was not okay. We're we not cool with the dark order now,
0: yes. We, Floyd, we're not.
1: I can't remember if that's, I think you took that out of your display name. You're now Floyd from all things elite. But if you didn't have that in there, I'd have to tell you to take that join the dark order out of your name on Twitter now,
0: yes, <laughs> after because, that, yeah, because uh, Brandon Cutler never tagged in and then. Dark no. Order hits their finisher, and they pin him, and he didn't break up the pin. It was basically a handicap match. It was. Uh, yes, so uh, Brandon Cutler's kind of on my shit list right now, you know? And like, he is, uh, too.
1: Yeah, he absolutely he, is. He's right like, there on the yeah, – yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I even tagged him. You, don't, the, come, you don't come at our guy, Sonny uh, kids because, yeah, like you said, on uh, all things elite and heart of the elite, most definitely yeah. Sonny is, like, we love Sonny. <laughs> we are
0: we are Team Sunny Kids Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, Yeah. Uh, like so, there there is no line. There's like we're we're there's no decision to be made. We we are officially no. Team Sonny. and that was that was messed up, Brandon. That was messed up.
1: Yeah, we have <clears> to have <throat> words, Brandon Cutler.
0: Yeah. So obviously, the <laughs> Brandon Cutler in the Dark Order storyline is going somewhere. It's one of those things. I would love to predict what's going to happen. But and I I do you know I predict quite often. But on this one, I'm just gonna wait and see. I'm just gonna be like,
1: that's I'm, kind of how I feel with the Dark Order in general. With like, because we have a few people that are like question marks, and I'm not. I don't have a confident like prediction and where it's going. So I'm just letting it play out, which is kind of fun.
0: Yeah, and I kind of feel like they're swerving us on purpose. I think yeah, definitely. It's just like the videos are so obvious that it's Brandon. That I feel like they're going to go a different way that no one's expecting because that's kind of yeah.
1: Because AEW doesn't do much in the predictability area. The, like yeah, they yeah. They, tend, they tend to swerve us, though. So. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do, and I especially with how the Brandon Cutler thing develops because he does lose, <laughs> and that's the people that the AEW uh, that's the uh, people that the uh, the Dark Order go after. So we'll. we'll we will see now on to the, you know the most important part of the show. You, again, you can hear a lot of Tiffany's thoughts on Heart of the Elite, but you're going to hear some thoughts now with us on this week's episode of AE Dynamite live from the house that LeBron James built, Cleveland, Ohio. So uh, let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, let's see. How did we start this week? I had it up just a second ago and I accidentally we started with off. Moxley. Yes. Started with Moxley. Moxley is a Ohio kid and he was home this week as he showed up. Like I said, I had my notes. Now I got my notes again. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So basically he came out and said that the funding games with him and Jericho are over. Now you got Moxley Jericho AEW World title February twenty ninth in Chicago. Uh basically he, he gave he 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 gave a good promo. What did you think of the promo in general?
1: I thought it was great. Um I think what I love the most about any time Moxley has the mic now is just that you could tell he's saying what he wants to say and you know, I'm not, I, I try very hard to not reference WWE, you know, it was pretty clear, and he said it in interviews how unhappy he was with the things that he was asked to say, I guess, essentially, in WWE, so I think the most refreshing part for me is, you can just see he's happy, and even when he's being intense, and whatever, like, it's natural, and he just nails it, I think he's He's one of the best promos uh, right now. Maybe not Cody level, but that might be my bias talking. But he's he's absolutely great. And, uh, yeah, I just thought he did a great job. I thought he did the perfect amount because he was in his home state of feeding into the crowd a little bit. The crowd was already deafening when he came out, which we knew they would be. But, it, you know, Moxie's not a guy that goes out there and gets a cheap pop, but he did it in such a perfect way that it worked and still kept him Hardcore and, and mock style, but it, it was great. I thought he, he nailed it.
0: Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I did, he has this intensity in his interviews. I, I, I'm one of those people. He, uh, I mean, I, with, when it comes to Moxley, he's one of those people that could tell you his order at McDonald's and he would sound like he's trying to fight you. You know, he's just
1: that's a great analogy. <laughs> it's like he has
0: this intensity behind everything he says that it's leading towards a fight. You know, it's not, he's just not saying the words I'm coming to get you. So I thought that was uh really, uh, I thought that was really, uh, that's, I think that's really good that it comes across in what he says. And that is, and it comes off that it's more natural, you know. So that's so off. Definitely. So then we get the inner circle come out, and then we get the whole crew, including Jake Hager. And uh, so this is this confused me a little bit. If you uh, you were following all uh, all things Elite Twitter, you'd see me ask this question. So uh, Mark says, "You think I'm stupid? You think I'm gonna fight you with one on five? You know that's crazy." You know, you know I'm psycho. I'm not gonna do that, okay? Then they bring out like three more people, Bronx street thugs, courtesy of <laughs> Santana and Gortiz, and then Moxley goes and fights all eight of them.
1: I don't. Yeah, well, I think he he referenced that he had, like, the crowd behind him, but clearly the crowd wasn't going to fight with him, so I was confused, too, if he, like, had someone planning to help him, but then, obviously, he just went after them himself, so, yeah, I was a little bit confused, because I was expecting someone to come and help him. Yes. And then, obviously, that didn't happen, um, but I think when he was, like, you know, said he wasn't alone or whatever, or however it was, I think he was just kind of referencing his Ohio fan base, um, his home fan base, I guess, but, but yeah, and then he just in mock fashion, just was like, oh, well, that's it. I'm going to go fight all these guys by myself. So, yes. I, I don't know. It worked, but, yeah, I could see where it was kind of like, wait, wait, what?
0: <laughs> I would never want to be the one-eyed man in an ass-kicking contest, but I also <laughs> wouldn't want to be the one-eyed man in a ass-kicking contest against eight people. I'm like, I don't care who you are. You ain't winning that fight. Stone Cold in 1999 or 97 wasn't winning that fight. You're gonna get beat up by the eight people. You know, it's like one of those. Yeah, things. yeah. And that's, <laughs> and I'm not saying they might not do it later. AEW does a got a good job. But it, it just feel like some of the lesser used talent on the roster, you know, could fit into the spot. I even said if Jimmy Havoc came down and may have had his back because you know they've been having a hard time kind of finding his place in the company. Uh, Jurassic Express has a problem with the inner circle. They could have helped out, give them some more TV time. Uh, I was like, they're just like going through my head, and I was just like, and then for him to just take the butt with myself, of course, it's making, you know, the obstacle he has to overcome at Revolution huge, you know, that he has to overcome the whole inner circle. And now the inner circle is bringing out, you know, contracting out his ass whoopings so uh so it's like oh eight on one so I I, I know what they're doing but it's just the promo before yeah. that didn't line up with what happened next
1: yeah I think like I said I think it was supposed to be more of a just like a nod to the fans but I mean it, it, I get where you're coming from too I think yeah you could have people like jurassic express and jimmy havoc come out but i actually think it's better to keep it this way because it just makes mox that much more of a badass that he you know he is truly a loner in AEW, and i think that's something they've tried to push um so i I would find it weird to see marco uh uh jungle boy and luchasaurus with you know standing behind moxley it wouldn't make sense to me visually so i think for me i'm okay with it uh even if the words didn't quite match with what happened i would rather see moxley uh do that because to me the fact that he's that guy who's like you know yeah you have the inner circle and you have these Bronx bronze street bugs whatever i'm still coming at you and yeah the words didn't quite line up but the what it did for moxley as a person in the show in the story, to me, was worth more than that, so I'm okay with it.
0: Yes. that's See, that's why Tiffany's here. Right there, right there. <laughs> she made me, like, it was like, I didn't see it that way, but it's a different way of seeing it, and it actually makes a lot of sense. I no, mean.
1: real quick, can we just discuss how funny it is sometimes, how, this is how we know Jericho is, like, the greatest of all time, that, you know, the inner circle is, is like, you know, you've got you know, proud and powerful, and then they bring out these, these, like, Bronx Street thugs, and Jericho's standing there with them, and he comes out later with the bandana around his neck, and he's this Canadian dude, and it works, because it's Chris Jericho. (laughs) I just have to say, just real quick, the visual of him leading this, and and it works. The uh, the inner circle are uh, great. The, the, The faction's fantastic, but it just, to me, it's just such a, Proof of just how awesome Jericho can do no wrong in wrestling. I, I will stand by that forever, and that was just proof of it. Because here he is. Yeah, I've got these Bronx street thugs, and and it works because it's Chris Jericho. Oh, so oh, I yeah. just had to say that. Yeah, the faction. I thought that was just awesome. The faction
0: <laughs> makes no sense. I always tell people that but all the time. <laughs> it works. He makes it work, but the faction actually makes no sense if you think yeah, about it. When
1: you think about it, <laughs> but it works and yeah. it's good and it's it's and it's yeah, I love it. But it's just like. That's such a credit to Chris Jericho, just knowing how to make anything awesome. And I'm not saying it in a, in a knock, like it's not a good idea. It's a great idea, but but it's it's uh you know if you break it down and look at it, you're like, wait, why does this work? I don't know why it works, but it does. It you know just because they they know how they know what they're doing, and Jericho just is just that good. So <laughs> I had to compliment the uh Les champion on that.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, Jericho, yes, great, you know. He was never my favorite ever, but it's like, in, in his late 40s, he has proven to me how good he always was. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm going yeah. back and realizing, oh shit, I was kind of sleeping on him back then the and now I really understand how good he was. Uh, then we had uh, MJF and Warlow were seen in a video handing an envelope labeled Young Bucks to the Butcher, to Blade, and the Bunny the envelope was stuffed with cash of course i like this for the butcher blade and the bunny so everyone can calm down and know that they're not this dark mystical uh dark mystical faction that everyone seemed to think they were initially they are clear they are guns for hire they only care about MJF and they only cared about Cody because the MJF paid them to Care about Cody and to fight Cody. Yes. And they only care about the Young Bucks because MJF paid them to care about the Young Bucks. They are literally the butcher and the blade. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, he's a butcher by trade. And the other guy shaves people by trade. It's, 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 people try to make things so difficult. It's, it's simple. Yeah, it's not that complicated.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really not.
0: <laughs> they, they have a day job to cover up for the fact that they're Hitman. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think that's the simplicity of it is perfect. And yeah. I was so glad they put that segment on Dynamite because it did air a little bit earlier um, online before Dynamite. And I remember thinking, gosh, I really hope this is on there. It's short. It's not going to take away from anything. And it just it came off so cool in how it looked visually. It was just kind of haunting. And you see MJF and his expensive clothes and with Wardlow both dressed to the nines coming into this greedy place and paying the you know giving them the envelope and leaving and it was just cool like I I thought it was great it was such a short thing but like Floyd said it truly defined Butcher and the Blade and that's I think you know clear it was clear to me kind of what was going on but if you were a little bit unsure of okay like he said are they supposed to be like another Dark Order what's going on here no they're just they're done for hire they're you know they're they're just a bunch of mean guys who are willing to get paid to take people out. So it was—it told a story in such a perfect short amount of time, and I loved it. I was so glad they included it before the match.
0: I think it would be so funny if, like, uh, Cody then paid them to take out MJF.
1: <laughs> that would be that could happen like, yeah I just think him, it'd so so would be,
0: it would be so hilarious it would be so cool hilarious because twist. they that are gunned for hire he would be like
1: yeah and he would not he, they approached him he wouldn't be afraid and yeah. then you find out Cody paid him and they're like hey we. and that would truly also define them as that they they're not working for anybody they want money. If you give them money, they'll take out the guy that paid them yesterday. They don't care. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. It. I mean, it, it would further define the character. It was like I remember the APA back in the day, and uh, uh, the APA added uh, back in the day. It was just like they one day they <laughs> the would be beating up the, the. Yeah, one day they would beat up the Hardys. The next week they'd beat up the Dudleys. They didn't. They didn't care. They were. They just, yep, wanted, their, a, they just wanted their money.
1: That would be a great uh, way to go with Butcher and the Blade. And I think that, uh, I mean, it could even, it's very realistic in terms of that it could happen. So I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. uh, Then we had the first match, the Butcher and the Blade versus the Young Bucks. MJF joined the broadcast team, which he was freaking amazing on the broadcast team. As as they always, as always, in the end, uh, you know, uh, the... Bucks finished him off with the Meltzer driver, Uh, finished off the blade with three count for the uh, Meltzer driver. Now we're going to talk about the thing I've been looking the most forward to talking about. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, The butchers stowed down the ring to take down the Bucks after his partner was dealt a defeat. And then MJF is pissed because he's like, this is what I paid for. But uh, Kenny Omega sprinted down the ramp with a wicked V trigger to the Butcher. Uh, hangman Adam Page, and probably, I don't know <laughs> if I have seen anything cooler in wrestling in a while. It's
1: uh, one of the coolest moments in a long time, yeah, 100%. Uh,
0: yeah, I think this might be the coolest moment in the TV history of AEW. Adam Page, in like like no motion lost, walks down the ring, drinks his beer. He then... Asked Matt to hold him for it. And you know, you know, Matt's looking at it like I don't do alcohol. Literally
1: says, Hold my beer.
0: Yes, hold my beer. He flips over, buckshot Lariat on the blade, then grabs his beer, walks back out, drinks it and walks back out the ring. I mean
1: Wow. Was flawlessly done, like you said, without any loss of emotion. I mean, there was it. It could not have gone better if they tried. It was just perfect, and, and it was funny, and it was badass, and it just to me, it just like you know how you have those defining moments where someone goes from being like awesome to just have that their star. And um, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that you know when Hangman when AEW started, I mean he was in, in the first title match and he was kind of like that guy, but he lost, and he's had a road. To getting back to being the actual the guy in AEW, and that moment to me was just kind of defining to me. I just thought it was it was so much bigger, and then you know maybe maybe they even intended it to be, but it was a moment. It was a defining moment, and it was just so perfectly done. And obviously, Matt taking the beer and his reaction added to it. But the 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 star was Hangman. Hey, it walking down, handing the beer, doing the buckshot lariat, leave. I mean, it was just literally one of those, arrive, hold my beer, buckshot lariat, leave, and it was perfect.
0: Yes, yeah, it was, like I said, it, it, like I put it on the Twitter, it was one of the coolest moments I've seen. I mean, like, you know, I didn't, re- like, I was trying to find a comparison of like the last 10 years of a moment of a guy looking cooler or a person looking cooler. And it was like, only thing I could come up with was with like Becky bleeding from her nose at the top of SmackDown after that fight, how she just looked like such a badass. But I still don't think she looked like a badass. This dude looked cool. It was like, yeah, I wanted yeah. to be this guy's best friend. It was like, it, <laughs> it was, was like,
1: so great.
0: Yeah, it was like he was the Fonz in. 2020.
1: Yeah, it was. Yes, that was the only comparison. It, oh, it was
0: just... it, like, I had to go back 50 something years to find an awesome comparison because no one has come up with this. So we have just school.
1: Basically. <laughs> We've confirmed now, just on all things elite, that Hangman Page is the coolest guy since the font. Yes, so yes. You heard it You heard it here first. Dude, here all,
0: first. only thing was missing is him throwing up the thumbs up as he was walking out, man. It <laughs> was like, this dude was so, so n- cool. Next week
1: on Dynamite or on BTE, we need him to uh, punch a jukebox and get it playing his theme music or exactly, something. Exactly, <laughs> because
0: it was just so But utter. it was
1: that cool. It really was. It was that cool.
0: Yeah, it was that cool, and it was just like, I'm like, The rest of the night, I'm watching the rest of the show. I enjoyed the rest of the show. Of course, Cody was on it. You know, that's great. But all I could think about is like, good Lord, that, that, the Buckshot Lariat needs to be in his opening, like, video.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's definitely like you said, that, that, it was hard to not think about that. And, you know, social media is huge. You know, during shows, you, you, You tweet and you live tweet the shows, and you can always tell, like, you know, when I'm live tweeting shows, like, what tweets of mine are getting the biggest uh, reaction or or the most engagement? And my tweet about Hangman saying, you know, arrive, hold my beer, Buckshot Lariat, leave, like, everyone was liking and retweeting that. So, clearly, that moment really stuck out to so many people watching, and and it's, you know, this is one of those things where everyone was on board with it, and it was special. I mean, just such a moment.
0: Yeah, and it's like some things you watch during the match and you see a move and you see something and you realize like later, man, that was really good or that was awesome, and you'll realize that it was cool later. No, this one, you realized it was cool as it was happening. It was just like he did it in such flawless and effortless. He hit the perfect note. He didn't stay in the spot too long, and then he was gone. It was just so good. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You knew you were witnessing a moment right when it happened for sure.
0: Yeah, and it was just like, and he just scrolled out, and it's just like, then if that becomes a thing of him just coming in, larrieting people, and leaving, I'm like, okay, I'm down with that. And it's funny. because Yeah, let's
1: ride this train as long
0: as we can. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it works. Uh, Then we had one of our favorite wrestlers, the Native Beast Nyla Rose, actually Tiffany's favorite wrestler, against my favorite AEW wrestler, a.k.a her Big Swole, and I love her music. But I'm
1: kind of with you, though, because you love Nyla, and I also love Big Swole, So this was kind of just like a win-win for me. Yes. I was was excited just for having them two on here.
0: Yeah, and it was a very very good match. They told a very good story. I don't know how much they've worked together in the past, but it seemed like they had because it was a lot, like some of the transitions and things were a lot smoother. Than what I've seen with other wrestlers at times, so I just I, that was just one of the things that I noticed immediately. Uh, but yeah, we in the end, uh, Nyla uh, hit Big Swole with her sit down power bomb, the Beast Bomb, for the victory. And yeah, she basically is getting pushed. I know it's it's for us that are not aware. This is what a push she looks like, you know. Nyla is the monster. She doesn't lose that often. She destroys what's in front of her. I love it. I just I just love it. I mean, I hate that Big Swole was the victim this time, but i Yeah, just, definitely. I just, but I, I
1: loved seeing it happen.
0: Yes. I, oh there was this one uh big uh Big Swole through the that like that headbutt and then mm-hmm. She went down. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was yeah, so cool. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's
1: that... cool to have that, like that giant, that, you know, that that woman who's just like, hey, I, you know, I am the beast, and it's, you know, it, I'm dominating, and she should be. That's exactly what Nyla should be doing. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's awesome to see. And I think too, the story kind of works because she was in that first match, and it was such a great match on the first Dynamite for the title, but she lost. And since then. It was kind of a, a rough road, almost kind of like Hangman, you know, like, you know, starting off as you you think she might become, like, how is she going to, of course she's going to be the first champion, she, she'll beat Riho, but she didn't, and, you know, similar to Hangman who, you know, again, was in that first title match, and then they had a rough road getting back to where they are now, but I think just kind of the same with Hangman, <clears throat> you have Nyla who is absolutely where she should be on the show, dominating and getting bigger and bigger, and... You know, I think the story, the bigger story, you know, thinking about where she fought to come back to this point after not winning the title in that first match is a big story. And I think seeing her where she is now, clearly she's not, like it's almost kind of like one of those things where she had to wake up that beast and be like, no, this, I'm Nyla Rose. I'm the native beast. I'm going to go out there and hurt people. So it, it's great, and I love it.
0: Yeah, and it's like I said, it uh, with the headbutt thing, big, be- Big Swarthor was one of the best head bumps in wrestling. It, it, mm-hmm. looks, it looks amazing. And yeah. It was just like, she's, yeah, she's incredible. It's like one of her best moves, and it's just like the whole thing that it didn't affect Nyla like it affects other people. I just, It was just like one of those tiny details that did everything for the character. So I definitely, I just thought that was, you know, pretty cool. I, I focus on weird things sometimes, and I just thought that was a weird thing. To, you know, but Nyla, won; she was dominant she was everything she was supposed to be in the match it's like so you know you look at the women's division it's like and a lot of people do give the women's division shit and it's like me you know i have not been as high on it as i've been but you can see you know like with nyla they're putting little pieces together and it's and it's getting all to me better a lot better and now what they're doing next week, and they're bringing back somebody that was a fan favorite early, that hadn't been used, and that's gonna, you know, add a you know shot in the arm to the division. It's just like you, uh, it's just you can see that the pieces are starting to come together. It might not be everything Definitely. you wanted to be right now, but they're trying, they're finding everyone's roles. Like after this match, we're gonna specifically talk about that. So the next match is our match. Our boy, Cody. Cody <laughs> yes. coach, of the American Nightmare, with Arn Anderson, the head coach of the Nightmare family. There has never been a better team. I dare anyone to name one. Uh, then there's super bad, <laughs> Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. <coughs> uh, so it was kind of it was kind of cool how the, the match uh, came out. Cody has been wrestling against a lot of young people over the last few months, and he's been doing an excellent job of getting them over. You Making them really look good. And this match was no different. Sabian was on the offensive side quite a bit of this match. Uh Penelope was cheating. So Arn Anderson was trying to point it out to the referee. Uh Arn Anderson kind of bumped the referee. He got angry and our we saw was that our like our first ejection in the AEW? Yeah, I think it was.
1: Absolutely I think it truly was, yeah.
0: Arn was booted from the match. Uh, Cody was success uh, letting uh, R know everything was okay, and uh, then uh, we get an a- area where Penelope Ford comes off and gives Cody a Hurricane Rana behind the ref's back. They did a really good job of keeping the ref in position for the underhanded stuff that was going on in the back. That of course we weren't liking. Uh, then uh, <laughs> uh, then Joey Janela from the front row. Uh he uh Sabian and Penelope were about to do their like slow kiss on the cheek and Joey Danella puts his face in between them to distract <laughs> him. And so then funny. flips them both off while Sabian was distracted. Cody hits his tope suicida, and then he took him in the ring and in a very aggressive fashion after his Cody cutter, he then used three can three crossroads like picked him up crossroads picked him up crossroads picked him up crossroads and he got the victory so we saw a pissed off very angry side of Cody Rhodes what did you think of this
1: I I thought it was I loved it I thought it really like you mentioned with Cody wrestling the younger guys and really making them look good I mean the minute that the match started You get a drop kick from Kip Sabian to Cody, and he dominated, like, immediately. It was not your typical, you know, start to a Cody match, kind of a slow start and build, build, build. This was, they let Kip's style shine in this match, which I thought was really awesome. Like, to me, that just shows, you know, the versatility of Cody and the fact that you know he's not going to come out there and be like, all right, this is how we do the match. This is kind of my style. No, I mean it really did take the direction of Kip's style just right off the bat with that fast-paced style and Kip dominating. So I enjoyed that. I thought the match was really good. A lot of outside interactions with or uh, distractions from Penelope. She did her job very well. She's the outside, you know, heel girlfriend slash you know manager, and it worked. She She distracted Cody. She made him think he elbowed her, and Cody, being the gentleman that he is, he picked her up, checked on her. She was just playing possum, and, you know, Cody got kicked in the face off the ring apron from Kip for his effort. So, I mean, there was a lot going on and establishing uh, Kip and Penelope uh, as, as their characters for people who, you know, maybe haven't watched Dark or this or that. So I think it really did its job in so many ways. Um, but then as the match progressed and, you know, Arn got involved, got thrown out and the Janela thing was hilarious. My dad even texted me about how funny it was, which I thought was great. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, by that point, Cody was just pissed and he, you know, Arn got ejected. He did the tope, brought him in, Cody cutter, three crossroads that, that, by that point he was probably just so frustrated, wanted the win. And I feel like, you know, in the, uh, in Cody's mind, you know, he's giving, you never see Cody do three cross, like three vicious crossroads in a row. So you got to think what's coming up next week for Cody, and that's on his mind. So you know kind of as he's giving a crossroads not once, not twice, but three times to Kip that he's got to be thinking about MJF being the guy that's getting that, that crossroads. So, uh, you know, obviously Kip was the victim there, dominant win by Cody towards the end. But overall just – like I said, I thought it was a great match. I think it was cool to see it not start and, you know, go in the typical style of a Cody match. And it let Kip shine and, and still kept Cody dominant going into the feud with MJF. So, and it t- continues the story with uh, Janella and Kip. So, overall, just all good things for that match.
0: Yeah, and it's like, you know, Cody still only has that one loss in singles competition. Uh, but Kip Sabian, like it's it's funny, I said sometimes matches just do what they were supposed to do. It did what it was supposed to do. You got Kip, Kip Sabian over as a singles threat, reestablished the uh, feud with Kip Sabian and Joey Janela. Joey Janela got back at Kip Sabian. And then it showed the new aggressive side of Cody as he goes into this basically what's going to be a, a hell of a month of February. So, yeah, let's, yeah, did everything. We then get an interview with Britt Baker. Um yeah. Home run. Home run. Touchdown. Absolute home run. Every every sports related scoring metaphor you can use applies to this interview. This absolutely establishes Britt Baker as the character. I feel she should have been playing all along. She's an asshole. She is a very confident She's a very confident, successful person that likes to remind you how successful she is. Uh, She's like uh, she went after J.R., and and it's funny because that insult felt like it came right from the Internet, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. It did.
0: Yeah. It felt like the keyboard warrior. A keyboard warrior at his desk tagging Jr. saying,
1: "You can't even remember
0: all the names." Yeah, well, there's a lot of names to remember, and Jr. Is yeah, not he a- did
1: call uh, MJF Matthew Jacob Friedman. I know it's dynamite. So you just have to realize
0: Jr. is not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> it's just I it's, know I'm so
1: at Jr. But it made me laugh because I was like Matthew Jacob Friedman. I that did.
0: Was I laughed. I laughed too. I, I thought laughed. it was funny. I especially because he's happening he to MJF. So. Yeah, I get amused when he messes up. And I think that should be a thing. He should continue to call him Matthew Jacob Freeman. Kind like <laughs> of like, like exhibit. Yes, like his name is not worth remembering. <laughs> no, but it, she says, she, she, uh, Tony's like, uh, Britt Baker. And she's like, It's Dr. Britt Baker. Of course. Of course. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, I'll promise I'll be here each week. Uh, my script, Mile Beaming Across Your Sets which is more than I can say about your champion, Rio. And then she gives uh, Tony a very real and angry medical diagnosis that he has generalized gingivitis, <laughs> basically told him his breast stunk, and told King Cleveland, congratulations, you finally have a Blake- baker you can trust in. <coughs> Excuse me. That was a shot for all of you non-sports fans. The Cleveland Browns quarterback is named Baker Mayfield, so that was a shot at that. Of course, the Cleveland audience knew what she was talking about and booed the shit out of her, which is amazing, amazing, amazing. I, th- <laughs> I just exactly
1: just, what she was going for.
0: Yes, this is such more of a natural role for her. I'm not. I mean, I've met Britt Baker several times. I will kindly say she is one of the nicest people in the world, but she has a very angry wrestling face. Like when when she's just with her normal face, it looks like you shouldn't approach her. And then when you do approach her, it's like, oh man, she's amazing, right? But for TV, that angry face, Works great as a hit.
1: That's what we call resting bitch face, and I, she see, has it, and I, it works for her. You so she to capitalize on it.
0: I was doing the best I can not to use that for me because I'm a god, <laughs> and I've got. Yeah, and, and I, I can say it. You I can, can say it. it. I try not to. <laughs> I not try not to use that term as much as possible. So I, go- I'll
1: say it for you. Cause I'm a girl. I absolutely love Brit. It's not coming from a bad place. I love her. I loved her before this, but the turn is everything I've been waiting for. And yeah, she, she has resting bitch face. And she, she's going to use it and, and it, make it, it part, you know, work it into her character. And it's exactly what we need from her.
0: Yes, it works. It works. I have never like, she, she turned on the heel face. So natural. And all she has to do is say facts. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: that's what worked, And that's why it's not forced. And and as we know, when people, you know, as Cody says, when you let them play their own music and she can turn her real-life success into kind of being, hey, then I'm kind of better than you and I am successful I'm going to remind you and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's going to work. And it already did. And I love seeing so much because the week before, things were a little weird. I don't know what happened on the cruise. I'm just going to leave that behind us sail it away. But we move forward to last week on Dynamite where she just nailed it. It was everything we wanted. And I see people just praising the heck out of it. And that just makes me so happy because she's so good. And the connection just wasn't there for people, no matter how good she is in the ring, because the it just didn't feel natural for her to be, uh, you know, a, a good girl in the, in the matches. Like it just didn't make sense. So this makes sense. And she's nailing it.
0: Yeah, it was like one of those things that is just like, and I don't know. It's funny, and somebody might say I'm reaching, that I don't know if AEW hadn't been planning this from the beginning. They drove home the fact that she was a dentist. They drove home the fact that she was a doctor. They kept saying it every week, and it built a hate for her. You know, underlining hate. Even they had was,
1: to know that would happen. Uh, I feel like I'll uh, give the credit because uh, I
0: think they knew. Yeah, they built that underlining this thing for her. And she never had to say it. <coughs> now, now we have it where now, the, now she's saying it. She's saying nothing different than what they basically say on commentary for her, And now everyone hates her for it. And it, it, it just feels yep. like they did the... They laid the groundwork before turning her heel. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like that's what happened. Because is there any – do they say anything as much as they say she's a dentist?
1: Yeah, and that's even like a running joke online. Like, oh, did you know she's a dentist? Like, clearly they were – that had to be for a reason. And, I mean, if they were – I don't think they really were like, man, if we just keep telling them – She's a dentist. People are just going to grab onto that and love her. Like, they had to know where they were going with it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yes, because, you know, people often talk about the repetitive nature of other companies, and they hate it. So, you know, they have to know that, you know, people hate this. So, uh, yeah, Oh, so this is, it's kind of crazy how this is all working out. Uh, Like I said, and she's a natural person. And it's like, and this is what I was saying, the pieces are coming together. Now, you have Chris Statlander. She is a legitimate threat for the championship, right? Mm -hmm. Nyla Rose, legitimate threat for the championship, right? Britt Baker now and Hikaru Shida. Yep. They are building so many different aisles to the champion. They're building a division because now each of them are going to have their own motivation to try to become the champion. And it's like they actually are developing characters behind them. Nyla's the monster, Brits, the angry person. Uh, you know, Hikarashita is just the competitor that just wants to win. Chris Statlander is the up and coming superstar. She, you know, it's the alien. You know, you, they're coming yep, from they got all, a lot of routes here. Yeah. And they're just like, we don't know which one's going to hit, but we have a lot of different angles to look at. You, you're going to get behind somebody in this division. You know, or you just don't. And want then to. you have
1: those other factors of people like Big Swole and you know, other, you know Shanna, who who a lot of fans really like also. And maybe they're not quite to the where you like the main floor that you're talking about. But that's where to me it's proof that AAW has a very strong women's division that they are investing in. But it just it just has to build. You have to take time, patience. It's, it's only been since October, and look where we're at now compared to where we were. And I'm just you know, patience in pro wrestling or in anything in life, you know, you have to wait for that payoff and I think we're starting to get it more and more and I'm excited. So I, I'm just a hats off to Dustin and Kenny and everyone working with the women and with the women's division because, you know, good things take time and I, clearly we're getting some good things here.
0: Yes. And yeah, I, I just, yeah, like I said, I can see it all coming together and it's great. Uh, we get a backstage interview with Lexi with the uh, Young Bucks. Uh, the Matt J- Matt Jackson says our their main objective is to climb up the tag ranks. Uh, Kenny then come in to join uh, to congratulate his friends. He stumbled out with his drink and he showed his belt and how his nameplate that was just added to the title. <coughs> Kenny Omega said he set up a match for next week on Dynamite. It's the Bucks. Him and Paige against the Butcher and the Blade and a tag team of their children choosing. It was later revealed that the Butcher and Blade chose the Lucha Bros. So, uh, that's what's going to happen. Uh, basically Paige kind of took the shots at the Bucks, handed them their name tag plates in essence, saying that they weren't going to need them anytime soon to put them on belts. So,
1: and on his Instagram story, he threw Scorpio sky's name plate in the trash. So that
0: was not very nice. Yes. Yes. Uh, Hangman is not being very nice right now. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> the alcohol. So we can excuse it all because of the whole My Beer" segment. So yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Uh, then we get SCU versus uh, versus um, the hybrid two and Helico and Jack Evans, who are amazing. This was pretty straightforward. It was more. It seemed like it was more to, uh, you know, the SCU came out in their Kobe jerseys. Uh, twenty four and eight, and and it was just it was it was great. It was a great tribute, but pretty much straightforward match. Uh, SCU, uh, hits uh SCU later on hell on hell in Helico to get the pin. Then what this really led to is a video of the Dark Order played on the screen, and said Christopher Daniels, the Exalted One is very unhappy with you. When he is unhappy, act swiftly. He's going to someone, target someone close to you. Uh, Daniels was watching the ring, of course he was pissed off by that. Now, in the biggest swerve ever, what if Christopher Daniels is the exalted one?
1: He could be. He could be. Yeah. I mean, I'm still I'm I am still i am still on the train with of uh there's just so many possibilities with this Stark Order storyline where I'm just kind of letting it ride, but yeah, I mean, that would be a huge swerve, and and it wouldn't entirely, like, it wouldn't it wouldn't come out of left field. It would surprise me, but it, you know what I mean? But it would make sense, I guess, is a good way to put it. And so, it, it, that could be the case.
0: And it's a throwback, because I don't know if you remember the whole rumor, the old rumor. Christopher Daniels was supposed to originally be the higher power before it was Vince McMahon. That was Bruce. Oh, Lee. okay. That, <laughs> it was like Bruce's Pritchard's idea was to bring in Christopher Daniels to be the higher power. Uh, Vince didn't like that he was short, so he took on the run of himself, of course. So it, it's all, it's an old wrestling rumor that was around. So what you're
1: telling me is it's going to have been being Tony Khan then, huh? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> TK.
0: TK on screen roll, you know, he, he'd probably kick yeah, ass that. I never,
1: I will say it right here and now, that will never happen. I, mean, I guarantee you that will never happen. Yeah. But was, anyway, I was, yeah, I could I was, see Christopher Daniels. Yeah. That would be, uh, Interesting.
0: He, he 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 respects wrestling too much to let that happen.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, yeah. So uh, then we get the main event of the evening: the private party and Darby Allen in a you know private party in a main event uh, versus Santana Ortiz with Le Champion. So we get a two Judas night. You know, two double
1: Judas double singing Judas. going along in Cleveland.
0: Yes, the first night, first time, of course, they were all super together, and then the music stopped and they stuck with it. Second time, you know, it kind of lost its magic. But this was a good match. Uh, As I'm watching this match, uh, I could see, I was like, I could see (coughs) there being a four way match with uh, Moxley Allen. And Private Party versus the Inner Circle. I could see that being a match before the end of the month. You know, like, not him asking for help, but them kind of helping involuntarily. Yeah,
1: they, just making it, yeah, putting it together.
0: Yeah. So, we get, it, it was a good match. I mean, it, it, they did their thing. I thought I thought it was great. Uh, Darby Allen gets pissed, and I thought the spot of the match, he just did that coffin drop on Jack Hager. I thought that, uh, Jake Hager, excuse me. Uh, uh thought that was so cool. See, just like J. R. when you're talking, you're going through names, you can mess up. It's it's like
1: it's it we're only humans.
0: Yes. Even <laughs> even young people can mess up. It's just uh but uh Cassidy uh got the Judas effect. Jericho gets the three count, the entire inner circle store in the ring to do more damage to Private Party and Darby Allen. Uh t- Tony uh Shavani said it's a mugging. Uh after uh, after they took a, a hug, Sammy G took the skateboard, Darby skateboard, put it on his throat, and slammed it into the mat. And uh, they were about to do something else off the top rope, but then Moxa came out with a baseball bat, swinging for the fences against the inner circle, who retreated from the ring. So, yeah, I could kind of see there being either Darby Allen, Darby Allen. And Mox versus, like, maybe Jericho and uh, Jericho and Sammy G, like, a week or whatever. Not next week, but a week from uh, – a couple weeks from now. I could see that coming off, but Moxley has the best – I think that with- would
1: be the best pairing that makes the most sense um, as far as just visually seeing Mox and Darby would work. Yeah. And I think that would that, – and he – and it, obviously we know that, you know, with uh, Moxley and Jericho and then – Sammy doing what he did to Darby it would also Darby has revenge on the mind so it would make sense in story too so I think that could definitely happen and I'd like to see that
0: yeah uh and and big thing is um first of all I did want to throw something out Isaiah Cassidy uh his selling is crazy he he (laughs) it's like he did this one thing where his hand was shaking after the after, after the Judas effect it's just Small details like that are going to always make you memorable and stick out. You know, everybody got gets behind Mark Quinn, who's a freakish athlete. Isaiah K- Kennedy does it a different way. He makes himself noticeable a different way, especially like the sweeping of uh, – he's sweeping the dust off his shoes and all that kind of stuff. He's much more of a mm-hmm. personality than Mark Quinn is, so I definitely like that. But we get the of the ring visual of Moxley in the ring with a freaking baseball bat. Again, super cool, badass, more badass than cool. He's more badass than cool. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's like, he is the updated version of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I, I love it. And, yeah, that was it for the night. So what, what did you think of the show overall?
1: Overall, I, I thought it was great. Um, a lot happened, and I, as I've said so many times, I love that about Dynamite. It just kicks off and doesn't, doesn't stop. Um, I think the most of the time when they do the uh, screen and screen or whatever, it keeps, I mean, you get a full two hours. And so there's really never a, a moment to take a breath. Like, so from, from, you know, seven to nine, you're, you're just completely glued to the TV and they, it just, it was great. I thought it took a lot of development for things happening, you know, from Brit to, you know, with Nyla, I mean, just a lot of awesome stuff as far as story-wise great you know, great matches. Um, like you said with the SCU and the hybrid two match, you know, it did it was a good match, but I think the bigger thing was obviously the Dark Order part with Christopher Daniels and then just letting them pay tribute to Kobe Bryant, which I thought was awesome. Um, kinda especially with Scorpio Sky that Kobe was like a hero. So I love that he got that moment and got to come they all got to come out there in their jerseys. So but yeah, overall I mean such a great show getting you kind of leading up to next week and just kind of the whole you know, as we move forward, continuing to Revolution, it did everything it needed to do and more, and uh, I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I thought I thought it was another solid, like another solid, amazing. You know, like show. It was just exactly what we needed as we head into February, as we get on the road to Revolution in Chicago. Uh, we next week we are in uh, Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, we got so far we've got a returning Yuka Zakazaki versus Britt Baker. Uh, If some of you remember, Yuka Zakazaki was on like the first two shows, and she was very much a crowd favorite. At that point, I decided she was my favorite AEW's women's wrestler. That was the person I was going to get behind, and then she disappeared. So you know she was in Japan working, and now she's back in America. So she has this match against Brett Baker. Uh, if done correctly, they both could get very much over because everybody, <coughs> everybody loves Yuka, and of course Britta a heel now. So that's how that thing works. We announced, we talked about the Bucks, Hangman and Omega versus the Butcher and Lay with Lucha Bros. Uh, Mox versus Ortiz from Proud and Powerful. Uh so he's gonna get some of the Tiger style. And last but not least, you don't have to see it in person, Tiffany. Cody <laughs> I do not. gets his ten lashes from uh MJF. MJF actually had uh a, a social media exclusive promo on uh the uh, on the AEW page uh with Lex and it was he cuts his promo so well you wouldn't make him you he would make you think Cody is the uh, the bad guy, but and really he was the inpatient pupil that, you know, sometimes you got to carry the bags for a little while for your guy as you learn he was not willing to wait. So, I'm looking forward I'm I'm looking forward to that being over with. You know what I mean?
1: Me too. I just want that over with. I don't like I I keep telling my best friend because like <laughs> you guys know Cody, not only is he my favorite, but he's a friend, and I am not really excited to see my friend get beat ten times with a belt on TV. Um, I she's convinced they're going to find a way for it not to happen, but it's Cody, and I think Cody will literally do anything to tell a story. And I don't, I think it's happening. I think it's a hundred percent happening. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it I would, let me just say, I was just at a. Uh... I was just at a show where I saw somebody getting beat with a belt, and I just like the fact that this is going to happen ten times. It's just like no, no, I can't. I, I man, I, I, I can just imagine how that's going to look. Uh, but we're going to get through. And Cody's
1: very—he uh, bruises easy, so it, visually it's going to be messy. And uh, yeah, so I, I <laughs> I'm just glad it's not happening in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm yes. just really glad it's not happening here.
0: So, uh, some good news. Uh, This week, I'm going to Days for a week, which, you know, normally I would hate because I'm an overnight guy. But that means for this month, there are going to be three Dynamites that I see live uninterrupted. No work to bother me doing it. So, this uh, week, I'll be tweeting live while watching AEW. And then uh, the next week, I will be in Austin for AEW. And then when we when uh, then when we go to uh the Kansas City show, so I get to watch shows live. You know how much All good hate, things
1: coming up. <laughs> you
0: know how much I hate work when I'm watching the show. It's just like, oh god, work is distracting me from you know <laughs> wrestling.
1: Priorities, and, man. Dynamite comes first.
0: Yes. Uh so February seventh, we got on sale dates. Uh one is for April first in Milwaukee. And the next is for April 8th in St. Louis. They go on sale uh, a week from yesterday, uh, February 7th on sale dates. Make sure you get your tickets. Uh, St. Louis, is, I need that to sell out. It's my. It's where I was birthed. It was the birthplace of Floyd and this other guy named Randy Orton. He was pretty good at wrestling. Uh, but, yes, most importantly, Floyd was born there. So I need you all. That is more important. All to get me a present. By buying you a ticket to St. Louis, I will be at WrestleMania weekend, so I will not be attending that show, unfortunately. It was, like, the one week they could have picked. If if it was the opposite, I would be going to the show. Like if St. I'm Louis definitely
1: going to try to go, so yeah, we'll
0: see. Yeah, like, if St. Louis was the first and Milwaukee was the eighth, I'd be in St. Louis. But it's the one weekend of you know the year i can't go so or the one week of the year i can't go i'm actually going yeah
1: to- it's a it's a four-hour train ride for me so i'm very tempted but i haven't dope. made a decision yet but we'll see
0: dope you got. yeah i'm it.
1: certainly gonna try you
0: gotta do it <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm
1: leaning towards it i'm leaning towards it represent anytime i can go see AEW live that's like my my happy place so i'm yes. definitely gonna try to make it happen
0: definitely 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 but do you have anything else Tiffany? did we miss anything
1: I think we've covered it all. Um, I'm, again, just kind of excited and dreading Dynamite this week all at once just because of those ten lashes. I, I think they're happening, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I don't see Cody building this up and them building this up and getting the fans invested and for it to not pay off. And, again, with it being Cody, that's even more reason for me to think it'll happen because Cody's the hero in the story, and he's going to – Take that sacrifice just so he can have that match. So I just don't see it not happening. So I will be watching, kind of like watching a scary movie, uh, even though it'll be way worse than a scary movie for me because I'm not really affected by scary movies. But watching through my fingers if this happens. So I'm, um, I just I'm gonna be uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be kind of an unhappy Tiffany on Wednesday for that. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. But other than that, all good things this week for AEW. So happy to be back on the show this week.
0: All right. Well, I am. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you for uh, getting with me this Saturday. I know you live a super busy life, but uh, tomorrow, everyone that's listening to the show, uh, the show will be out tonight and in the morning. Root for the Kansas City Chiefs. Send you send your yeah. Don't thoughts.
1: don't be Amy. Don't don't root for the Niners. Don't send, be Amy. Send your thoughts. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. I, I do. I, you know that's funny. 'cause I don't hate the forty ers I actually like George kettle, but it's like you know you're on the other side this week i i, I don't want <laughs> yeah exactly come
1: on like come you. on KC, represent
0: yeah, I don't like you this week, so it's uh <laughs> it's uh it's one of those just things it's football, someone's gonna win, someone's gonna lose <coughs> I hope it's my team, and make sure you're supporting. Me. We get a new episode of VTE. We get a new episode of probably Road 2. Uh, road 2. In Huntsville. Uh, I think they're going to honor Alabama wrestling legends this week. And then you get the Dynamite. So make sure you're watching all the things in the world of uh, elite wrestling. Uh, all elite wrestling. And then make sure you are tuning into the show. Liking. We're going to start a contest next week for February. I, you know, I kind of just like I, I just like giving away stuff so we're gonna do that so tell your friends about it you'll you know be liking retweeting and all that good stuff so uh for tiffany it's this is floyd telling you whether it's homework or school always do your best to be a leader